Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. That is right. The Spurs News Podcast returns for a very one-off special. Um, It is myself, Stefan. I am... Kind of running this one a bit at the moment because joining us from his sickbed is the one, the only, it is Mr. Spurs News himself, it's Sam. Hello my friend and hello everybody, uh, how you doing mate? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, general lifestyle, yeah, not bad, Tottenham, what the heck, um, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you so, know things um, are bad when we're like, yes, we need to do a one-off, we need to... We've got to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to open the show by addressing uh, the mailbag, so to speak, which is kind of like um, anybody who listens to the podcast will know that I put out via social media a long time ago now that the show was going on hiatus. It was going to be paused. Um, now, the reason for that is my health. I'm not going to go into that. Um, but, yeah, it is keeping me away from work and from normal life and generally in doing anything. Um, but, yeah, uh, I am hopefully having uh, more good days than I am bad at the moment. And that's all I can hope for. So that's that. I'm not going to go down that road because we got other stuff to talk about. But... I am via telephone, so I just want to apologise and say to everybody, uh, Stefan is doing a job, a uh, wonderful job, via running the desk, um, but it does mean my audio is not going to be as good as it normally would, so apologies for that, but hopefully you can all still hear me, and hopefully uh, the show's show is still worthwhile. Um, mate, funnily enough, this is episode 199 of this show. Oh, wow. So the next one will also be a very special show. Yeah, yeah. So so my hope is that we do this one-off show um, and then when I can finally uh, commit to coming back weekly, um, which is my hope, uh, you know, nothing in life's guaranteed, but it is my hope, uh, we can kick that off with episode 200, which would be kind of fun uh get matt involved again as well because uh, i know he's missed by a lot of people um so yeah uh so, so that's that done that's that addressed um thank you to everybody who sent messages and emails etc i have appreciated it and apologies i've not got back to everybody it's it's just one of those things so uh let's focus then on tottenham hotspur let's focus on the events that are going on um now i wrote a uh, tentative kind of like outline for the points i felt we should cover for this show um now i wrote this i wrote this yesterday now we are recording on wednesday the 29th of march year of our lord 2023 and within what mate the last hour of us getting ready to to record this something else has happened just, and just so to make we, the club we love that little bit more of an absolute, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. There's this um, Simpsons meme that I post seemingly on a regular basis. It seems to be daily. 
<laughs> which basically says how many days you know Tottenham Hotspur sign, and then how many days since the last shit show, and it's got zero, and a guy looking really glum next to it. <laughs> and, and I'm posting it daily at the moment. <laughs> it, it feels like that 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 meme has been used by me more than any other for quite some time. Now the, I, I posted it today saying. The day after the club put a video out of Paratici acting like business as usual, it's confirmed he is banned globally from all football activities. And yes, that is that is the news. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't actually believe this. Um, it, this is like, I, I don't. So, so let's just go back a little bit in history. A little yeah. while ago, it was announced that Fabio Paratici, along with a lot of directors for Juventus, have been found guilty in Italy of what they believed were various offences, both football in and around financial matters, uh, in terms of financial reporting, in terms of transfers, in terms of just generally being a bit underhanded in breaking all the rules. And some of them, some you'd say breaking, some you'd say being crafty buggers. Um, uh, not in the spirit of the rules, but generally they were found guilty of a lot of financial crime. And because of that, the Italian authorities banned them all for 30 months from any footballing activities in Italy. So they couldn't hold any position to do a football for 30 months in Italy. And didn't like half the Juventus board just like, as soon as the investigations opened, Ned Ved yeah. and all that lot were like, oh, we're walking away. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. Um, basically, they tried to distance themselves so the punishment would come down perhaps on individuals or the club rather than both of course it they the italian authorities came down hard on all of them and now we have uh, it's worthwhile it's worthwhile pointing out as well uh alleged offenses because all of these people are saying they're innocent and are appealing and there's various things going on with that and that will rumble on. The Italian legal system, by the way, is kind of crazy to me. So, yeah. you, you know, you, you yeah, it, that will just roll on. Um, but in footballing terms, Paratici was banned from any footballing activity at all within Italy. Now, obviously, he works in England now. A few people raised an eyebrow like, did he know this was coming? Is this why he left Italy when he did? Which did shock a lot of people, if you remember, when he just suddenly left Juventus, this job he'd done, this amazing thing and signed for Tottenham. It was like, this is bizarre. Why, why you know, why would this guy do it? Tottenham fans, uh, oh my God, how have we got this guy? Well. Yeah. Yeah, now we know. Um, so it's a little bit bizarre, uh, the history to that. Now, one of the things that came out at the time was the Italian authorities asked UEFA and FIFA to make this ban Europe and worldwide. Um, this is a standard practice. Uh, you know, if the FA bans someone for something illegal in this country, they would do the same. Uh, it isn't always upheld. Like sometimes you can say, look, yeah, you know, you're punishing him in your country for something in other countries. It's, no. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of negligible. So, yeah, if he wants to go and work, he can. Um, there's also, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny to me, but. There are a lot of laws around restrictions of, you know, stopping people from seeking work and stuff like that. So it becomes a very complicated. <laughs> However, today, Wednesday, the 29th, UEFA FIFA have confirmed that Fabio Paratici is now banned from all footballing activities 
globally. It's the fact they've gone global, not even just like European. They've gone full globe. Yeah, so they've basically backed the Italian FA's decision. They they've said, yeah, okay, if they if they are guilty of that, we're with you. And you have currently found them guilty of that, therefore, yep. right, we're, we're with you. Now, if there's an appeal and it all gets lodged and everything like that, typically what will happen is if even if they find them, yeah, right, you can't punish them as hard as you can. What happens is they reduce it. So it's yeah. like, right, you were banned for 30 months. Uh, you've served six of them already. And we're going to say, all right, you know, that's time served. Get back to work. That's kind of like the best case scenario for something like this. Yeah. The fact that the the UEFA people have come in and gone, no, that's now global, is kind of crazy. Now, Tottenham Hotspur is an interesting football club. And I say interesting because... For so long, I've looked at it and gone, Daniel Levy, divisive character, brilliant businessman. I do not rate him as a footballing man in terms of what he does and how he does things. Yeah. And you could kind of look at it and go, evidence supports that, couldn't you? Because you go, lack of trophies shows his drive for success on the pitch is clearly not great and his yep. appointment of managers is an appalling thing uh, his yep. backing of them is appalling so you'd look at that and go the football inside of Tottenham Hotspur under Daniel Levy has not been a success correct in, yep. in, in, in terms of winning competitions anyway the club could argue in terms of when they took over the club we were fighting relegation from the Premier League and now we're fighting for Champions League places, they would say perhaps that is success. So there is a there is a debate there, okay? So I, I will try and play devil's advocate and say both sides. Yeah. Now, you go to the business side of it, and I don't think there's a debate, or at least I didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change that. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because you look at the club now to where the club was when Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy came in, and you go, right, the transformation of the training facilities from the lodge to Hotspur Way is like night and day. It is like world-class everything. It's one of you the know, best the training fact, facilities in the world. It is. You know. you know, international football teams who come here once you rent our facility, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely next level. Everybody says the same thing. And, and so that's, okay, you're right, fine. That's, that's transformation. The academy... Um, the fact that the academy then came through and produced England's greatest ever goal scorer, you know, that's happened under Levy and Enoch because they did invest in the academy. They looked at it and went, yeah, we need to do this. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm not saying that they're responsible for Harry Kane. I'm just saying that they did decide to do that. Harry Kane is fully responsible. Uh, apparently, Tim Sherwood as well, which I still is bullshit to me but uh yeah harry kane is the man that's responsible so please don't misinterpret what i'm saying there i just mean that the academy has now produced england's greatest all-time goal scorer the club's greatest all-time goal scorer came through our academy you know under daniel levy's you know tenure um so you could point to all these things the commercial aspect of the club is ridiculous our commercial partnerships the F1 partnership, the NFL partnership, the, the the stadium is like an events mecca for rugby, for NFL, for concerts. 
the commercial aspect of this club and the brand Tottenham Hotspur globally Phenomenal. is on another level. It's ridiculous. Like the um, a friend of mine is a teacher in the US. Okay, she teaches in a high school in Fresno, California, and they have certain theme days because they don't have uniforms in most high schools in the US. Um, but they have theme days. So like the the theme yesterday for everyone was soccer, and they all had to wear their soccer jerseys. Okay, yeah, their team. Now she sported a Tottenham shirt because I, I, you know, because they're my friends and they live in the US. I, I basically corrupted them, and we're like, okay, you're visiting the UK, you will have to wear these. <laughs> Here are my gifts. You, um, you didn't uh, tell her much about the uh, history and the running of the club first, did you? No, no, no. Cause you see, what you do to recruit new Spurs fans is you basically indoctrinate them. So whilst they were blissfully unaware of anything, I was like, here, look, look at this shirt, and they're pretty. Yeah, don't you like it? Yeah. Made a few jokes about having a cough on their chest and stuff like that. You know. But basically, that was it. I indoctrinated them, and then they became Tottenham fans. The kid, Their kids have become Tottenham fans. Yeah. And then I was like, ha-ha, suckers, got ya. Um, but anyway, that aside, she went in. Doctors, my old friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, if I've got a supper, I'm bringing people with me. Yeah. So she went into her high school yesterday, taught something like six classes. Uh, you're looking at thirty plus kids per class, and she said, in every single class, the most worn shirt was a Tottenham shirt. Yeah. Now, that would never have happened ten, twenty years ago. Good like talking am hot. Yeah. Just made it just it just didn't it just didn't happen <laughs> because we had no global brand. Yeah. What is mental is that Daniel Levy has managed to make that happen despite not being successful. It's actually very, very impressive because Manchester United are a global brand because they kept winning everything. Um Alex yeah. Ferguson like made them into this massive behemoth brand. Uh, Liverpool are now a global brand because they started winning stuff again. Uh, Manchester City are now a global brand. You know, yeah. Up, in, it's, it's hilarious to me that during the Alex Ferguson era and City were, you know, in League One and the stuff like that. Yep. There were people who didn't know Manchester had a second club. There are people alive today who genuinely had no idea there was another football team in the city of Manchester. Now I did because I'm. I'm an old git, yep. and I knew football existed before the Premier League. Yeah, but now it's like, oh, it's, it's Manchester City. Oh, is this? Uh, you actually generally around the world have confusion. Like, oh, is that the same? No, no, they're two different teams. How weird! Um, but they are they a global brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're a global brand because they're successful. Chelsea, same thing. Yeah, Chelsea until Roman Abramovich bought them. Had won a few trophies in their history, but hardly anything. They used to have, to have a whip round at halftime to pay the staff. They were a club with nothing really. Now a global brand because of success. Yeah. So the fact that Tottenham have done that without the success is actually a kind of wow. Business-wise, you clearly know what you're doing. I'm very impressed. So yeah. there you go. That that's the whole point of view. And I have said um, what I've said here is. There can be a little bit of debate about the football inside, depending on where your metric is for success. For business, I don't think there's a debate until I want to raise this with you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think Fabio Paratici is the latest example. And you could argue football managers should be including this. But again, that's kind of like on the football inside. But Paratici, again, on the football inside, was appointed by Daniel Levy as not a director of football, which everyone still wants to call him, not as a footballing director for the entire club. Now, this sounds like, Sam, you've just swapped two words around there. What the hell is the possible difference? The difference was supposed to be that this man was literally running the football side of the club, freeing up Daniel Levy to focus purely on commercial stuff. He was going to handle everything from contracts to sales to purchases, everything. This guy was going to come in and boom, he is football. Levy's commercial. The club now has a clear football man running the football side. And yeah. it was exciting. And when that happened, and I read all the definitions and I saw like all of the kind of press behind it, I thought, yeah, this is an exciting thing. Yep. Now, since he's arrived, multiple, multiple stories about Daniel Levy still being involved. It did not shock me that Levy, the ultimate I must keep my hands on control freak, was still there going, oh, are you struggling with this negotiation? Don't worry, mate, I got it, I'll do it. You know, yeah. that didn't shock me. In fact, uh, the latest thing was Pedro Porro. The signing of Pedro Porro only got completed because Daniel Levy stepped in. Now, that's true. Now, yes. I, I know that from people that are reliable and people who have got evidence-based articles of what happened in that protracted negotiation. It was his out-of-the-box thinking, a way of solving it and a way for all clubs to save face, get what they wanted for the player, that enabled that deal to happen because it was done. It was collapsed. It was, you know, on the day that it finally got agreed in the morning, all parties had walked away. So, again, you know, we we have a pop at him a lot, but he, he did, you know, there was an occasion he actually stepped up for us. saying about his control freak side of it, isn't there yeah. a thing about how even if the club was to be sold, the contract negotiations would have to state that he stays yeah. involved in the club? There, there's a lot of... <laughs> now, I don't know if they're just rumours or not, but at the same time, yeah, I fully that believe was... that he would actually turn around and go, we'll sell the club, however... I, I, do, not, I do not think that Daniel Levy would have a conversation with any journalist and reveal what his hand would be in any negotiation to sell the club. Yeah. So I think that that is a story that's been written, but sounds bloody true. And because, and because it sounds true, we've all kind of looked at it and gone, well, yeah, duh. You know, of course, (laughs) obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That, that came from the daily mail, uh, Sammy Mockbell um, piece where it was a throwaway line about the fact that Conte wasn't committed, but Daniel Levy, even if Joe Lewis sold the club, Daniel Levy would stay on. And I'm like, all right, mate, let's, uh, you know, Daniel Levy's got a share on him. If some quadrillionaire comes along and goes, Daniel, these shares are worth 500 million. I'll give you a billion. We wouldn't see that man for dust. (laughs) (laughs) He would be parking his latest yacht next to Joe's yacht, just like, yeah, I'm done. Thank you. I'm, I'm out of here. So, so let's, yeah, so let's not be silly. Um, yeah, unfortunately, all of my letters to Messrs. Gates, you know, 
J.K. Rowling have even tried. They're not interested. They're not buying the club. Come on, um, Jeff, get involved. Come on. Yeah, Mr. Bezos actually replied with, please stop writing to me. How the hell did you get this address? Yeah. <laughs> um, so my point is, he Daniel Levy made the decision to bring in Fabio Paratici and the club, which I consider to be very well run commercially, made that decision that Fabio Paratici was going to be the face of football in matters and he would give transfer window updates, he would give interviews, he would try and create a bit of a link between the fandom and board level thinking at the club. Okay, so that's the decision you've made. So yesterday, Tuesday, Fabio Paratici does an interview where he is talking to all of us Spurs fans about Antio Conte's departure, which, you know, we've not even touched on yet. No. And how it's business as usual, you know, uh, and he just, it was like a kind of PR recorded video of don't, don't worry, everyone. We are, we've got this, you know, the club is still going forward. We got these 10 games to focus on. And I kind of watched it at the time and I thought, it's weird how the club has said nothing about all of his issues. He's not addressed it publicly either. Yep. We as a fandom have all read the articles. We know what's going on. Um, but here he is, business as usual. And I think I even messaged you and said, well, clearly he's still in a job and it no problems. It just so weird. Like it, Even watching it, it felt very strange to be watching... Like the interview, it, it all felt weird. And then today he was like, Oh, that's why it felt weird. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand it... the thinking behind. Surely today's news came out of the blue for us as fans, but surely at the club they knew something was about to happen. Like, yeah. surely they knew something. And then they still chose to put out that weird video. I mean, I did see one person on Twitter reply to it saying, I really hope this wasn't his one call he's allowed. Yeah, I and mean, that was yeah, like I mean, 12 I, hours ago, so that was way before the news Yeah, broke. I mean, I, 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 mean I, I did a Photoshop of basically removing his background and putting a jail cell saying that Zoom background's not fooling anybody. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I've just seen a little update uh, basically coming from Sky Sports News saying that Fabio Paratici is banned from conducting any market activity for transfers. So he cannot speak to agents, clubs or players. However, he's still able to work internally at the club, like attending meetings. I, I mean, I can't be the only person who just thinks, what the hell? I mean, so that, that Sky Sports News are running that, which yep. basically means someone in Tottenham had that and has given it to them. Yeah. So Paratici's currently the cleaner. What the? F I mean, I, I can't. He's allowed be alone. to work at the club, but he can't be involved in any transfers. Although his so, job title is football director, literally, literally and... the man who he was doing all of it. He is a freaking nonsense. Now, the club, though, this this is going back to my original point. I'm now such are in such a corner with this. Yeah. Only yesterday. They allowed him to put out a video like, don't worry, everyone, we got this. I'm in charge, you know, I'm, I'm on the ball. Support the team, and, we need our fans. <laughs> yeah. And then today, they can't just sack him. 
because they let him put that video out yesterday. Yeah. So he, I, I think I think the guy's gone in the summer. I think the minute this season ends, Tottenham will announce that he's gone. But I think they've painted themselves into a corner now where they've gonna they're gonna have to wait. And he is literally just gonna have to sit in the office and say, oh, okay, this is the person you need to ring, and he's got some other bloke there doing the phone calls whilst he's in the background working him like a puppet master for, for ten weeks. I mean, even though just just the visualizing of this, I can just now imagine, yeah, he's gonna be sat at his desk. Yeah. With you know, his brother or something sat in front of him. Yeah. And he's going, right, phone that number. I'm going to put it on a loudspeaker. I'm yeah. going to write to you on my iPad or tablet or whatever what to say, yeah. and I'll show you what yeah. to say to it. So pretend there's a bit of a signal issue, which is why there's a bit of a delay. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it's just, it's insanity. Do you know, do you know they made that uh, Amazon documentary that you starred in? Uh, oh, man, I wish it had been this season. I so no 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 God no 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 I never want to see that again right so let me just clear that mostly because they they put you in it and not me but I'm starting to think actually there isn't a documentary at Tottenham it's a sitcom <laughs> like it is actually a situational comedy because if you think about it like what we just described then it's a freaking sketch show like really okay is. you've been. Like there's a meeting, right? So there's a meeting yesterday or this morning between Daniel Levy and Paratici where he's gone, right, so you can so you are in charge of contract negotiations, ins and outs, everything, but you are currently unable to talk to players, to talk to agents, to talk to clubs about any of those things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you cannot actually do your job. No. All right. So what we're gonna do is this is Susan. Now, Susan is now you, and you tell her what to do, and Susan will do it, and then we're not breaking any rules. Yeah. And then there's this poor person who's just literally going to be like, uh, hello, yeah. is, hello, is that Charlie Kane? Yeah, we'd like to renegotiate it. Yeah, my name's Susan. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have heard of me. <laughs> it's like, are you freaking kidding me? It's like you say like, about like, comedy sketches. You can almost imagine him walking into the building. Players walking past saying hello and him just kind of nodding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not allowed, not allowed, not allowed around players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, Jesus. How I... you doing, parent teacher? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fabio. No, okay. Yeah. Um, so, one of Fabio Paratici's decisions um, so far, because he's been heavily involved in managerial appointments, so he appointed Nuno. Great we start. Talk about new, no, 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 no. I haven't um, got the sound on my desk. Damn it! No, no, that's that's why I did it. Yeah. Um. So we got that. I mean, that was a he, bad start. Let's be honest. If we're talking about his reign so far, it took well, him that, what, that, seventy that, odd days to appoint Nuno. That went that so managerial, long. that managerial hunt, and managerial appointment was probably up there as one of the worst I've experienced as a fan. Yeah. Because it was every day there was a name, every day there was something. The club were leaking information constantly. And I don't think it's any shock to anyone that Paratici is so friendly with Fabrizio Romano and, and the Italian kind of journalist, uh, 
Marie and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, with them appointed, him appointed at Tottenham, Tottenham became like the leakiest boat ever. You know, it was yes. it was ridiculous. Um, there were so many things. Like, you know, the press had a different story every day. And it was like, how are they getting all of this stuff? Like, how do they know all this? Oh, it, it, it was it was a nonsense, mate. Absolute freaking nonsense. And it was like, and what kind of is worse is because sometimes when you get these kind of merry-go-rounds around transfers and around managerials, you know, well, that's just the press. That's just the press. Yeah. But on this one, we kept getting interviews where managers were like coming out going, yeah, I spoke to them and, or I've got an interview or anything. Like, I remember like Gattuso, they were generally going to appoint him until the Tottenham fans got hold of his quotes about women and stuff like that and yeah. gay people and went mental. Like, there was literally trending. Number one in Europe, I think, Gattuso, no, from Tottenham fans. So Tottenham had to break off negotiation. We're like, no, sorry, we can't bring you in. It'd be a PR disaster. But Gattuso, of course, then went viral with it. Like, ah, oh, bloody Tottenham fans don't want me. Well, I don't want you either. It's like, yeah. you were literally going to have a punch-up with an old man one. Joe Jordan, who oh, I still yes. back. I still think Jordan would have decked him. I think Jordan won the fight. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he would have. Genuinely, I do. But the older footballers versus modern footballers, I'm still backing the older ones. I'm telling you. Yeah, but I, I just can't, cannot wrap my head around how in the hell we got to those points with all these different people. Paulo Fonseca was another one that people went ballistic about, and they were just like constantly. Constant links, and then of course the one, and again call me cynical, the one that brought everybody together at that particular point, like oh it's happening, we're delighted, is when everything moved towards we were going to bring Pochettino back, and there were three days, and I remember it well, where I genuinely believed it was going to happen because everyone that I know that I rely on were writing it. Everyone was saying it, you know, PSG were going to fire him. Daniel Levy had approached him and Pochettino had said yes. And everything was like, oh, wow, okay, this this is all heading. And then all of a sudden, bang, PSG renewed his deal for an extra year. And I was like, this doesn't make, you know, people are, you know, these people are well-sourced. This This is bizarre. These people only normally say these things if the club gives them a nod, like, yeah, yeah, you got that. Well, you're right. Yeah. So if, you know, there's, there's certain journalists that take flyers and you get to know them and there's certain journalists, you know, that when they get a story, they go to the club and say, hey, want to comment on this? And the club will either give them a nod or a wave or whatever, you know, a wink's as good as a <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And those journalists, you, if they put it in the print, you can go, yeah, they, they've sourced this with the club. You know it's going to be okay. Dave Heitner, for example, at Guardian, uh, Alistair Gold, etc. Um, so when they were writing it, the Portuguese were returning, and they were writing pieces, not like, oh, this could happen, but like, oh, how it's going to happen and how how's, what's going to happen and how the reaction's going to be. And then it was, this isn't happening. Yeah. Call me cynical. But that whole event happened around season ticket renewal. Oh, didn't it just? During yeah. the manager hunt. And then died away very quickly after the renewal window. It, you know, it just... 
I don't know. It felt then, like it all linked up a little bit too well. It does. And now we're in this situation again where season ticket renewal windows very soon. Well, you know, possibly now. <laughs> like yes. Literally should be now. And I'm pretty sure it's the most expensive season ticket on the market in the UK. Oh, uh, Europe. What I've been seeing. In Europe. <laughs> we have the highest... So hang on, I looked this up. My, uh, a good I, statistician. I've seen, it, I've seen it all over Twitter, people criticising the price. Okay. Considering we're in a, a so, living crisis at the moment. A, a living crisis. Yeah, so here we go, right? Current. So based on this season, across all of the European leagues, yeah. we have the highest average... So, obviously, there are different tiers. You know, you've got the real mega expensive, and then oh, you've got yeah. the, you know, so so you've got the kind of the different tiers. But when you average it, we have got the highest average. Oh. Um, we have got the second highest in terms of premium. So, I think Real Madrid still have a version of their season tickets slightly higher than ours. I mean, and what did they win? I mean, what are those people going to watch? <laughs> Galacticos, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. I mean, what sort of football do they play? Oh, yeah, some of the best on the planet at the moment. Um, so, so yeah. So, second in the UK, we are the highest. UK wide, we are the highest. I mean, uh, in obviously, average, we're the highest because we, you know, we're it. winning all the cups and challenging for the league each season. So, of course, yeah. The club justification is we're paying not for the football but for the facilities. <sighs> Yeah, that alone that hurts. That it's hurts. Painful, isn't it? You're not paying um, for the football; you're paying for the facilities. The rumor is <sighs> that they are about to announce a, a season ticket pricing increase as well. Yeah, that's that's the rumors I've seen online. Yeah. Um, now, the fact that those rumors are out there, I think, have been leaked by the club, so they can soften the reaction. I don't think it's going to work. No. I think they're. I think they're so screwed. I think the reaction is going to be on a level that they've not felt before, and it needs to be. It genuinely needs to be, and it needs to be together, and it needs to be none of this crap. You know, the whole leave you in, leave you out debate. It needs to just be dropped, and people go, "No, this is not okay. You cannot keep treating us like this. It is not okay." Because that's what it needs to be. It needs to be one voice. It needs to be all the fans. And it needs to just be not, you know, screaming for them out or whatever. Everyone just shelve that and go to, this is not okay. Yeah. You know, bumping these prices, putting prices up during a cost of living crisis and and knowing the amount of money that the club make from TV and everything else, knowing they don't need to do it. And the fact that they've served up shite in terms of entertainment and good football and football in success for these people to go and watch. You want an atmosphere at that ground. You want there to be singing, chanting. You want an atmosphere. You do not want it to be a ground of tourists. Nope. And and don't get me wrong. I don't say that criticising it. Like I see in our stadium every time Sonny plays, uh, near on hundreds of South Korean fans who are clearly here as tourists and are taking in a game because they want to see Sonny. Yeah, I love that. I have got no issue with that. That's perfect. These people are coming to our ground. They're spending their money. It needs to have that. You you have a sixty odd thousand seat stadium. Of course, you've got to have all different aspects. But the more 
and more you increase the prices, the more and more it becomes corporate. The yeah. more and more it's people there on days out, like, oh, I'm bringing so and so to a, you know, hey, I'm taking so and so to a soccer game in the UK. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, let's go soccer. You know, <laughs> go sports. Someone there. Yeah. yeah, go sports. Yeah, will you come again? Hell no. Literally, yeah. you are heading towards that and not having a real football atmosphere, which yeah. when they were building the stadium is what they kept talking about and the way the stadium's built. You remember us beating Arsenal 3-0 last year. Yeah. The atmosphere in that stadium was ridiculous. It was That was a raw, passionate football crowd. Yeah. And that's what you need Arsenal in there. Arsenal didn't that's know what how to want. deal with it because of no. the atmosphere was the fans and... Yeah. And yeah, this yeah. year we, we haven't had that him. like at all this year. No, no, no. And and you keep bumping the prices up, you keep pushing out the people that do that. There was um, a, a picture, I wanna say it was Man City. Yeah. Just to clarify like your point about the whole becoming a tourist stadium stadium. Yeah. I'm sure there was a picture, I'm sure it was Man City, where it was Kevin De Bruyne or someone had scored and yeah. there was a picture of him celebrating in the corner. Yeah. And you could see, let's say you could see a hundred fans in this yeah. picture. Seventy to, to seventy to eighty of them were just stood there, phone in hand, recording and taking pictures of a football player close to them. And you had yeah. like twenty odd fans that were going crazy because they just scored a goal. Yeah. But yeah, the other seventy, just... there's no emotion, no nothing. It's just people holding your phone, going, "I've got a picture of Kevin De Bruyne." Yeah, well, that's, that's what uh, it's going to turn into. Yeah, well, also modern society is a little bit like that. I, I, like I, um, the last gig I went to, I was stood there watching, and I looked around, and I was surrounded by people ten years younger than me, just watching the gig that they were at Through their via the small screen on their phone because they were trying to film it. Yeah, and I'm like, be here, be in the moment. What the. F- yeah, oh. things like that I have to. I, even at football games, I will take pictures before the match and I'll take yeah. some pictures after, like knowing the players are warming up and stuff. Yeah. Get a picture of yeah, the players. I mean, I'll do that. As soon as the match well, starts, you, phone you're there, in the pocket. Yeah. Phone yeah, in the pocket, I, mean, I am singing, I am standing, I am getting involved in the match, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could run on that, but I won't. Yeah. Um, we've only got so much time. Um, and we haven't even touched on the news for the reason we were going to do a podcast. <laughs> no, so, so let's let's dive into it. Antonio Conte has left. Um, he was our manager for around 16 months. Um, he arrived. I think all of us, when he arrived, kind of looked at him and went, well, is this going to work? Yeah. Because, you know, he's someone who has high demands. He isn't going to suffer Daniel Levy not backing him lightly, he'll publicly say it. Um, and we all kind of, yeah, didn't he just? Now, we all kind of looked at him and went, if you're appointing this guy, you know that that's how it's going to go. Yeah. And therefore, if you are appointing him, you are making the decision as a club to change. Because if you're not, this is the dumbest appointment since the previous one, which was Nuno. Which was we don't talk the dumbest one since the previous one before that, which was Jose. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind of looked at it and went, no way could the club operate in the same way it has done for all these other people because they must truly look at this and go, 
we're appointing this guy and we're gonna we're gonna shift our mentality because we've decided that we need to. This is the start of the change. Like this is the Yeah. I, I think for a lot of people, a manager of this quality coming I mean, it should have been the same when we hired Jose, it should have been the same. The mentality should have changed then because everybody yeah. knew the manager's mentality, the way he operates and what he does. Everyone knew that about yeah. him. And we didn't learn from that. And then we hired Nuno, yeah. and that went awfully. And then we got Antonio, who the board, yeah. we all know the board had wanted beforehand. And, and this time, by all accounts, yeah, by all accounts, he had rejected us in the summer on the basis that he'd looked at our ambition and how we did things and said, if that's not going to change, we won't work together. Yeah, so, so when we saw him appointed, the logical thing in all of our brains was, well, things have obviously changed. Yeah. They have not. No, no, so, no, they have not. They. Um... But, but the signals sent to us were that they had. So Antonio Conte's first, uh, it was half a season or whatever it was, he was with us. He got us from languishing mid-table to the top four. He took us on an incredible run. Like our last 11, 12 games of the season, we did brilliantly. We played great football. We were attacking. We were scoring goals for fun. And I think you know, Kulisevsky and Bentecourt had come in in his first window. And all of us were like, oh, bloody hell, Juventus rejects. Within a couple of weeks, went, bloody hell, our best ever signings. Yeah. Um, and we were all just like, this is the start. Oh wow, we are actually changing as a football club. It's this happening. is impressive. Yeah, this is happening. We then go into the summer where we think, well, now this summer window is going to be it. This is going to be. This is going to be the one. But... We brought in more players than but, I can but, ever remember signing. But we we um we looked at it from the point of view of. This is where we got to show our ambition. This is what we're going to do. And we're, we're hearing links to these players. And we're like, we're never spending 50, 60 million on a player. We're, we're not going to do it. And, you know, this is Tottenham. We've we got to sell people before we can buy them. And then, boom, news drops. Enoch, for the first ever time, are putting money into the football side of the club. Yeah. And all of us were jaws on the floor, shook. We are actually like, backing a manager in the transfer market in a big yeah. way. Yeah, all of us absolutely shocked to our core. And then we went through the window and we looked at it and I think all of us were kind of like, okay, this is exciting. We've made some really smart signings. It was and... sensible. That was the weird thing about it was we made like eight, seven or eight signings, but they were all yeah. sensible. Yeah. Like, we brought in Perisic, a player who Conte had worked with before. He had converted him from a forward to a wing-back, which he likes to play. Yep. Knows him. A model professional. Very Seems to be a very nice guy. Good footballer. Like, one of those players that I couldn't believe we'd signed. Perisic went, wow, okay. Good signing. Fraser Forster signed in goal as a backup to Hugo... Yeah, homegrown, homegrown, experienced, keep a lot of experience, and he's shown with Hugo being out injured, a very good goalkeeper still. Yeah, you know we we signed these sort of players in the summer, and it was like, wow, okay. Richarlison came in. Now, I I still say I did not like Richarlison as a, I don't want to say as a person because I don't know, but as a player, I did not like him. 
the, yeah. the theatricals and all the and he always looked like he was a sulker. Like his, his face is never happy. He always looked pissed off the whole time. Yeah. But we acknowledge that we have no competition for Kane. So yeah. we went and brought ourselves a player who is a Premier League level player who has played yeah. in the Premier League with the experience and we're going to yeah. splash £60 million on him. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, we're actually doing what needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, the signing of Basuma, uh, the yeah. best defensive midfielder in the league at the point. Yeah. Um, really solid business. Um, and then... Spence and stuff. We've signed Spence and um, Destiny, who's still over in Italy. <clears throat> the two of them are like, we've signed these players for the future. Like, they're very solid wing-backs that Antonio Conte likes yep. for the future. Wow! Okay. So, the one thing we... The one position we didn't sign anyone other than alone with Clement Longley is we didn't sign one of the central defender targets that we were constantly, you know, with Vardial and Bastoni were the two that yes. uh, Conte wanted. Um, we were basically quoted prices for both that we weren't going to meet. No. Um, and, and they both went away, and then we ended up with Longley on loan. Um, our defence this season has been shocking. It, it genuinely oh, truly, has. Like, yeah. I it feels like back to the nineties, you know, and and uh, someone said to me, said, "Oh, we were just spoiled a bit by like you know Rotonga and Alderweireld for a while." I'm like, "Yeah, even even last season it wasn't this bad." <laughs> like, we've you know, already conceded over forty goals, and there's ten games left. Yeah, uh, it, it is a, is an abomination. It, it genuinely like I can't I can't get over. You know, just some of the goals we concede, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is just basic shit. This is just so basic. Yeah. Um, and and I can't like I know a lot of people were like going on about Larice earlier in the season, and I got to be honest with you, um, I'm <laughs> I'm watching Fraser Forster, and I think Fraser Forster's playing very well for us. I've seen a couple of times where I think, ah, oh, maybe you could have done a bit better, mate, but. They're just you, you concede that many chances in a game, you're gonna concede goals. Yeah. You, you know, you don't it's so stupid. Like some of the some of the goals we've conceded, I look at it and I just think, what chance are you giving a keeper in this? You know? What possible opportunity are you giving him to, to earn his crust and not and keep a clean sheet? Because yeah. you're just allowing people to run off you, you're allowing people to just stand in space. You're, you're drifting in field and looking behind you and like, oh, where did he come from? Yeah, well, look, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's even like, yeah, the ones from set pieces, like, I've seen us at set pieces yeah. and we all line up, we've got our man each, the, the ball comes in from the set piece yeah. and all the Spurs fa- uh, players seem to stand still and the opposition run all over the place and they get free space and I'm like, yeah. why have you not just stayed with the man? Like, we have a set piece coat, a set piece stuff. Set piece yeah. coach. That's hard to say. And yeah, um, yeah, it was a little bit. You know, what is this coach doing apart from telling them? You know, it's almost like we're doing zonal marking, but haven't given out the zones. Well, the set pieces coach is offensive. He works <laughs> on us scoring from set pieces, and we've got the highest number of goals from corners and free kicks this season. So that has worked. 
Where's his defensively? <laughs> defensively, we are shite. Yeah. But here, here's here's the thing, right? Antonio Conte is regarded as a defensive coach. Jose Mourinho is regarded as a defensive coach, playing attack. Uh, sorry, playing a counter-attack style football with the systems yeah. that they had. Under Jose, once we started conceding more than we scored, it was doomed. The football was dire, and there was no real, there was no coming back from it. Yeah. Now under Conte, it's basically gone the same way. Now Conte could point to the fact that, look, if you'd sign me better defenders, my system would work. But his rigid belief in I'm not changing it, regardless of the personnel I have, this is how I play, and this is how Tottenham will play under me. Yeah meant that no matter what was going on, we just kept going. And it was such a... Uh, I mean, me and you have had this discussion a lot, and I spent a lot of time over this season just going, it's weird. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get how we can start games looking shite and then in the second half look better. I don't get where we can keep consuming stupid goals. We, we talked about it so much, and one of the things that we've agreed on, but kind of just been like it's a weird season, is we've not enjoyed watching Tottenham play. No, like there isn't there isn't a game from this season. There's games we've won, and I've been like, oh, that wasn't too bad. But the fact that I reference it as not too bad is probably being kind. I have not enjoyed watching Tottenham this season at all. No, I mean I even really. look at the the Marseille game in the Champions League. Yeah, people keep referencing back to the oh no beating Marseille two 0 It was like yeah, but it was two really late goals at the end of a really rubbish game of football. Yeah, and we beat Man City. Yeah, we did, but we didn't play great. We just got lucky on that one. Like, yeah, I mean, there are some there are. There are results there where our performances were better. Like the Man City performance was definitely better. I'm just saying that it's not the overall thing is not one of enjoyment. There's not no. been like a kind of like I enjoy watching Tottenham play and not at all. No. And I and I know that I'm not alone in that because like ticket exchange is very busy for games. People just aren't asked. It's like, no, I'm not I'm not making a journey to go and watch that crap. I have never been offered tickets to a game as much as I have in the last, well, since the World Cup. Yeah, well, there you go. I have got no. a few friends of mine that are season ticket holders. And with the season tickets, I might get two or three games a season where they're like, yeah. look, we've got a family event or I'm away on holiday or something's happened with work or something like that. Do you want to go to the game? And. Yeah. It used to be a case of, oh, I'd love to, mate, but I haven't got the money for it. To get from home to London, you're looking at 30, 40 pounds. Then the tickets, food, drink, everything on top. Right. I'm talking well over a hundred pound day out. And as it's fairly last minute, I just can't do it. Yeah. This season, I've got the money to do it. And he's offering me the tickets. And I'm like, ah, I think I'm actually straightening my beard that day. Yeah, Sorry, we do have a mightily straight beard. Yeah. Um, so I want to read you something because I want to get your reaction to it. Go on. Um, yep. When when the club sacked Jose Mourinho, um, Daniel Levy issued a statement about the manager hunt that was going to go ahead, um, and the fact that obviously Jose's tenure had come to an end. This was the nineteenth of May, twenty twenty one. Okay. Yep. 
We shall focus on the recruitment of a new head coach. We are acutely aware of the need to select someone whose values reflect those of our great club and return to playing football with the style of which we are known. Free-flowing, attacking and entertaining. Whilst continuing to embrace our desire to see young players flourish from our academy alongside experienced talent. Now that was the 19th of May 2021. Daniel Levy setting out to us as fans that in his search for a new head coach, it was free-flowing, attacking and entertaining football and someone who helped develop young players for the first team. <laughs> we signed Nuno. And then Conte. <laughs> and then Conte. A, a player, Conte himself, a, a manager well known for buying in talent yeah. and playing a very defensive Italian style of football. Yeah. Not known for bringing through no. young players and free-flowing no. attacking spirit. No, so this is, I guess my point with this is, I was said when this podcast started, the thing about the business side of the club, you can't really argue with it. I think you can, mate. Because if you take us the way that Tottenham treats us, it's not as fans, but as customers. Yeah. You know, generic customer number, whatever, you know, because they, they feel that we're replaceable. They've got a season ticket waiting list, which means they feel like they can just keep bumping the prices up because if people cancel, someone else will buy it. Forgetting the footballing aspect, like I said, forgetting atmosphere, forgetting everything else like that. Yeah, the next person might well buy it and you might well make money and you might not lose money. But what you're going to lose is a guy there who's been there for 20 years, everyone knows him and there's an atmosphere there and you're replacing it with someone who might only show up for four or five games a season. And the rest of it, he gives out like a corporate gift. And, you know, some random shows up like you. <laughs> but you, you see my point on this. Oh, yeah. They're not committed. Um, Daniel Levy made that promise to the fans. Sorry, no promise. He made that statement to fans. And as fans, as fans, we looked at that and we went, OK, Daniel, we don't, not all of us like you. <laughs> some of us, in fact, want to burn you in effigy. However... You've told us that now. You you went from Pochettino to Jose. You've looked at it and you've gone, okay, I've made that mistake. I don't know about you, but me, if someone does that, I go, all right, fair enough. I I understood fully the reasoning behind signing Jose. I fully understand that Daniel Levy and went, he is a born winner. Like all the way back from his Porto days through to now, he is a winner and the fans want trophies. I understand the logic. And the logic was and... there. And I hated, I hated the fact we signed Jose because yeah. he was a manager that I loved to watch from a distance mm. because you yeah. knew that was like prime time television. Every time he was in front of a camera, you knew he, oh, could, yeah. he could say something or do something and it'd be amazing. You don't want yeah. that at your club though. But, uh, some of it was it. funny. Yeah, he tried yeah. it. The theory was good. The the idea was there. It didn't work. And then he gave out that statement and you think to yourself, okay, you've learned that just because so-and-so can win a load of trophies doesn't mean that that is going to fit with your business model and the club structure. You now want exciting, <laughs> free-flowing, perfect. Let's do it. 
you got to remember, he sacked him before a final. I'm sorry. I know yeah. I've brought this up before, and I have to bring it up again now, because what you just said then is so so indicative of like us as fans looking at the club, trying to work out what the direction is. Yeah. Because when he appointed Jose, when you sat Pochettino, all of us just went, okay, things have gone to shit. But I felt me, okay, so I'll just talk from me actually. Yeah. I felt this man deserved the opportunity after going window after window with no signings and no sales and the squad becoming complacent because they all thought, oh, well, we're here to stay. You've allowed, you know, the ownership have allowed this to happen. Please let Mr. Portugino rip a few of these guys out by the stump. Give him some money now we're in our shiny new stadium. Let him rebuild and go again. Like, that was my opinion. No, I agree. They I completely didn't. agree. He should have been given. We had a bad start to the season. We had the absolute yeah. drubbing of the Think, beer. Things, uh, the things, had become, things had yeah. become poor. And the players were poor because the players were become assholes, basically. Because you have to keep moving the squad. You can't allow it to become stale. Pochettino yeah. kept saying it and the club kept ignoring him. So anyway, yeah. so parking that, you then appoint Jose, and like you said, it is trophy-driven. You've gone, unfortunately, we don't think Mauricio can get the best out of this squad to get a trophy. We think Jose can. We think we as a club have gone up a level, and Jose is now someone who's coming in. Jose came in thinking the same thing. Jose gets in, and within, what, weeks he started saying, Ooh, yeah, there's problems with this squad. Yeah. You know, didn't he? He like came in and was like straight away, I need this, I need that. And we did. We backed him, we bought a load of players that he wanted, some players that he didn't, because you know it's Tottenham. Yeah. And with the, within that, Jose kept working and he managed to get us to a cup final. Now, this is a very Jose thing to do. This is what Jose does. Even if like other things aren't going well, like the form, the football shite the bloke still somehow manages to get these things. And I despise him with a passion from everything I read about the things he did behind the scenes, the stuff he dismantled from the Pochettino era, which is just like taking the club backwards. Drives me freaking insane. However, he is still the person in a one-off game, a final, I would put as my manager. If I had to win a game, one-off game, and my life depended on it, he is the manager I would choose to win the game on my behalf. Because he would set the tactics up purely for that one game, that one opposition. He would make it happen. He would find a way to make it happen. And his entire career is based on that. Now, when he's been ultra-successful is when he's been at teams where he's been able to put together a world-class squad which has enabled him to, on a regular basis, just send them out and they go and beat teams. And then when it really matters, he gets that squad focused in on his tactical like nuance and they're able to do it. Yeah. At Tottenham, he didn't have that squad. He didn't have the ability to go, oh, this player's not working, get me a new £50 million version of him. Yeah. And it, it fell down. But in that final, there is still a big part of me, and I think there's a big part of a lot of fans, look at it and go, he probably would have won that game. He he had something on Pep at that particular time. Yeah. We had done the number on City. And by the way, we're still doing it. And Man City must hate us. 
But we are like City's bogey team, aren't we? We really are, and it's ridiculous. But he must have still believed we'd have won that final. Yeah, and Daniel sacked him to save a bit of cash on the compensation clause. Yeah. So, so just to be clear, so everyone who knows, Jose Mourinho had uh, bonuses built in for success. A lot of managers do that. A lot of players do that. Yep. If he had lifted that trophy, he'd have had a salary bump plus a bonus. We fired him five, six days before the final. Yeah. And just threw Ryan Mason into the deep end. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, good luck. And and we, I think we lost that final 1-0. We lost um, 1-0 we to Laporte head on near the end. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't disgrace ourselves, but at the same time, yeah, I, I'm still just blown away by that. So, But like you just said, Daniel Levy took us down that direction with Jose Mourinho of win at all costs. You know, sod the football, sod everything else. Sod being a club that neutrals liked. Because, you know, under Pochettino, every neutral, every pundit, we were their darlings, you know. Oh, like we, we were under Red the Hat. best football in the league. Yeah, and... we were doing stuff great. And we were like, we were the media darlings. Everyone was kind of like, hey, look at Tottenham. They're great. Yeah. So now Jose come in. We said, screw all of that. We want to win stuff. And then five, six days before the final, they sack him. And you're like, what? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. we then, like I said, get that statement in the, in the, in the May. So Jose's gone. Uh, Ryan Mason took us to the end of the season. He then releases a statement and you look at it and you go, right, okay, so what you've decided is we're not all about winning trophies, actually. We want to be entertaining and we, obviously we want to win stuff, but we want to get back to the Tottenham way. We don't just want to win stuff ugly. We want to do it the Tottenham way. Yeah. Nothing quite says the Tottenham way like Nuno Espirito Santo is the biggest <laughs> oxymoron of a statement in the history of the world. Oh, is it so, just... And then to go from that to Antonio Conte was basically going back to Jose. Yeah. What, what you've done is you've appointed Nuno as like a kind of stopgap. We couldn't find the manager anywhere, and there's this guy, and he says he'll do it for a few weeks. I want to show the to get the fans back to respect the club, and we are going to entertain oh. you. And oh, that speech, oh. that speech was still fantastic from Nuno when he signed with it. It's, it's it's painful. Yeah, sorry. It's like it's like just thinking about that whole start to that season like gives me a migraine. Can you imagine people but, like Harry Kane, for example, has gone from he's very very good friend Pochettino, yeah, to the world class trophy winning Jose Mourinho, who Kane got on really well with. By the way, yeah. his, his relationship with Jose was strong. That when Jose got fired before that final was basically from what I'm, I've been fed was the catalyst that came trying to manufacture a move to Man City that summer. Yeah. It was basically in his head, it was like, nah, this club aren't trying to win something. You yeah. don't sack a man like that before a final. You, you, you keep saying we're about trying to win stuff, but no, you clearly aren't. And yeah. that, was, that was it. That was the catalyst. And then they tried to convince him that whole summer and just refused point blank to allow him to go, refused all offers and then appointed Nuno and wondered why he reported back to training late. Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, probably saw the Sky Sports breaking news. Tottenham Hotspur signed Nuno Espirito Santo as their new yeah. manager. 
And he probably yeah. turned the TV off and went, no, no, I mean, you probably no, thought, no, no. You probably looked at it and went, wow, it's April 1st already? I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's just mental. But then the club went, that didn't work. Harry, you're still with us. You're under contract. We're not letting you go. Don't worry, Harry. Here's Antonio Conte. Another serial like, winner. Yeah. You know, and, and you kind of, and we as fans call went, all went, well, if we're appointing him, we're obviously changing. This is good. This is great. And and it's just it just didn't work. Right? That that whole the whole thing from start to finish just felt like a toxic ass relationship where Antonio from like day one and I kind of thought this would change, but it didn't. And from day one has been like, I am the great Antonio Conte. I am legend. I am one of the best things that ever happened to your shitty little football club. Yeah. You are so lucky that I am here. Worship me or fuck off. Is how he has felt from day one to me. Yeah. When he and and you kind of and there was like part of me was kind of like I love that arrogance. Like there's part of me that's always kind of like I love arrogance in people who are who back it up. You know, it's kind of like you back this shit up, mate, and you can be as cocky as you friggin' want. Like you go on a winning run at the end of last season when we were demolishing teams including Arsenal, and we grabbed top four, the feeling I had, and the I was kind of like, yeah, he's backed it up. He's come in, he's turned it around, he's sorted out the nutrition, brought the sports science back, like the nut bloody Jose got rid of. He's, he's brought us back to modern coaching techniques. I'm like, finally, yeah, yeah okay, we are, we are there. We are playing good, attacking. Even in his system, everyone's like, oh, it's counter-attack, it's defensive. I'm like, mate, I just watched us stomp teams. Like, like Last the game Norwich of the season, game. 5-1 Norwich, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like we were we were scoring goals for fun, free-flowing, you know, Kulisevsky or Kulisexy as he was at that moment. Son, it golden was, boot winner. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. I, the, the atmosphere, the feeling, how good it felt going into that summer and Coming into this season, he's had a window, he's had a pre-season. We kept seeing the footage of them oh, in man, Korea, that, nearly the dead. Pre-season of Harry Kane throwing up at the side of the pitch. Yeah. Matt Doherty and almost look, crawling you through the seat to collapse. Yeah. You look at them all. The pictures are dire. The pictures of Kane. These guys look the fittest they have ever looked in their life. All of us were going, okay, this is going to be a seat. This is, this is going to be impressive. It's going to go one or two ways. He had either killed them in pre-season... And yeah. come January, they were going to be dead. Or, come January, the other team's going to be dead, and we're going to be like, we've not even hit third gear yet, lads. Yeah. Come on, let's go. And the pundits were like, oh, this season, title-wise, Liverpool-Man City, but we think Tottenham could disrupt it. Yeah. Everybody. It wasn't just like one or two like going, oh, for Tottenham, it was just like, no, 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 look at what they're doing there, what they're building. Antonio Conte knows what he's doing. Solid and good, and you're looking at it. This is going to be impressive, and I think all of us fans bought into it. All of us were just like, "Yeah, this is going to be good." Yeah. And the football from the start has been crap. The results have all over the place, and the goals conceded has just been like you want to put your head through a frigging wall. Well, it's I unbelievable. Don't understand. Like, honestly, hands up. I do not understand how. We went from the end of last season playing how we were, the Conte yeah. way, scoring yeah. as many goals as we were scoring and playing as well and defending as well as we were defending. Yeah. 
And then the start of this season, I'm like, how? How does that change so much? No. It makes no sense. Like, honestly, it, I just I'm don't with understand you. what happened. I, no, I'm with you. Um, it, is, it is bizarre. And now, now, like, when any, whenever a manager goes, you then get all the stories. So you then get all the stuff that the club will know and the club will then leak. Now, you say again, I'm cynical, right? So whenever things go, people often say, oh, the players, the players, oh, the lazy bastard players, always happens, oh, training's too tough, and all this crap, always comes out when a manager leaves. Right, let's think about this for a minute, right? Yep. What possible reason would a player who is unhappy have to hold his tongue over these things, right? Yeah. Agents, managers of players know that they can leak stuff any time they want. That you know they can go to the press anytime and press eat this shit up. Oh, so they just they love it. A week in the preseason, these Tottenham players were moaning like hell, but saying how amazing it was. Remember, all yeah. of them to a man. Social media, he's trying to kill us, <laughs> but you know we are feeling the benefits. I yeah, think I've I never died felt yesterday. as fit as I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm. I miss catch up. However, I have dropped a stone. You know, it was like it, all of them yeah. to a man. It was social media, but it was constant. It was interviews, and then you go into the season, and all of these things, and you could see it. Like Eric Dyer looked the best he'd ever looked in his life, and started oh, the season. Yeah, yeah. look, started the season the best form he's ever been in. I still feel like. Uh, the death of Petroni has played a part. Him getting an England recall, I don't know. Uh, but he's not been the same player since then. Yeah. However, you look at these things and you see it all and you're like, all of these little individual aspects all seem to work, but something didn't work when it came together. So what I was saying was these stories come out, right? Yeah. And everyone, I've seen it. All these articles are, you know, this has come from the players. This is, you know, the players moaning again. I'm sorry, I think the club compiles this. I think the club likes to justify why they've reached certain decisions. And I think the minute he parted company by mutual agreement, by the way, and I do that in air quotes. Yeah, he wasn't fired, he didn't let. No, they both agreed. No, he, he, they both agreed it was in everyone's best interest. He stayed the hell away. Yeah. Um, it, to me, felt or it feels like the club had a little folder of all the gripes and all the things they could put out that people would look at and go, oh, wow, that's why things haven't gone well. Jeez, look at that. That's that's why. Yeah. Because it it, it feels like... Uh, what's the right word? So, like, for example, if you're a player at the club and you've got a gripe over something that's going on, like, he's making us run... Well, what's the story? He's making them run, uh, oh, like, two 10 kilometres. Kilometers, two kilometres before a game, yeah. right? I look at that, right? If you're a player, do that in week one, two, three, knowing that every week there's a press story like, why are Tottenham starting games looking dead? Right? You leak it. If you are getting criticised every single week, you leak that. You do not hold on to it. So the players clearly aren't the ones who have leaked this. Everyone's going, oh, look at them, the treacherous bastards. No, I'm sorry. The club have done it. I know this is just my opinion, but 
got to justify why one of the top managers in world football is no longer at your club and why it's not worked. Yes, yeah, I remember and, when Pochettino was sacked and when Jose yeah. was sacked. Yeah. And all these stories were coming out. Yeah. And, and then all you had to do was go on to, with Pochettino, so Deli Alley, Son, yeah. Kane, Hugo, any of their social medias, and there's pictures of them hugging Pochettino saying, you know, so sorry he's gone, thank you for everything. Yeah. When Jose yeah. went, oh, the stuff that was coming out about the dinosaur training sessions and tactics and yeah. not believing in fitness and all this. Yeah. And there's Son and Kane and again Hugo and that lot putting posts yeah. on their own social media. Sorry you're yeah. gone, boss, ever you know, thank you yeah. for everything. And you yeah. look at it and you go, Well, this is clearly not coming from the players. Well contact um, but <laughs> Okay, well that, that that kind of maybe sits on my theory then because there's not been one player post anything about contact. I was just about to say to you, I haven't seen any How, however what I would yet. What I would say is that is possibly possibly to do with his final press conference <laughs> where he basically called them all yes, You selfish, selfish pricks, you don't play as a so team. It, yeah. The story that's come out, which has kind of been making me laugh a little bit, because do you remember weeks and weeks and weeks ago, our form changed and... Harry Kane in an interview said that the players got together in a meeting and hashed out some stuff. And they threw that some was... home truths around and stuff. Yeah, yeah I saw about yeah. that. And then what's come out yesterday is basically Antonio Conte called the meeting, all of the players came in, and then he stormed out and said, you lot need to fix this. <laughs> I love that. I just love the idea that a manager's gone, right, emergency meeting, sort it out. Back in 20 minutes. There's a level of toxicity there, which I'm like, I'm laughing, but it's appalling. Like, I I, I run my own businesses and I keep trying to think to myself, if I was in a position where I had to call a meeting of like all the like department heads, the the managers of my offices, etc. And I sat them all down and went, right, this has been shit. Performance has been awful. Sort it out. And just walked out. Those fuckers would be on their phones within 30 seconds doing nothing, for one thing. Yeah. But, Those that are on their phones doing something are on to, you know, standards and stuff like that. Like, you'd never yeah. guess what our boss just done. Yeah. Tribunal. Yeah, yeah. Tribunal. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, my, my boss just called me a lazy, um, a selfish prick. I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable. It's like, and um, so. Hoybjerg with the international break. Hoybjerg was yeah. very clever with his, like, He's a player oh, that has not mate. overly impressed me this season, but his press Pierre, conference... Well, Pierre-Emile <laughs> yeah, Mr. Hoybier is going to stand for a polit- politician when he's done with oh, football. Oh, so good. His, his answer was just so... Like, what did you think about your manager saying that? Well, you know, it's his opinion. And his opinion carries weight because he's the boss and I'm a player and I like to play football. And anyway, have a nice day. And you can almost feel like the journalist when he walked off was like, did he actually answer me? I yeah. don't think he answered me. He, he and basically told you, yes, we've all seen what he said, and he did say what he said, and maybe... And, and could, that was what was said, yeah. and that was what he wanted to say. Goodbye. He, he could maybe elaborate a little bit more on what players he thinks that was, but apart from that, he yeah. said what he said in an interview that you saw that I saw. Yeah, okay, bye. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> that um, was it. I was whereas, like, that's amazing. 
Because Kulosevsky, by the way, just went, ah, fuck it, I choose violence. Yeah. <laughs> I like Tottenham, interview? I will still be at Tottenham with the managers here or not. I like the city, I like the club, I'm going to play for my team. Fuck you! <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, mate, that was that was the other day. He got asked again yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So and yet, and yesterday, yesterday's line was uh, along the lines of, I don't really give a crap what he thinks. <laughs> yeah. Like, basically, like, oh, Conte's gone, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's like amazing to me that like not one player like Conte put like a nice post on Instagram, and I thought uh, this is where you're getting like oh thank you boss or something like that. Not one. As of yesterday, no one's gone near it. The closest I mean, you... thing we've had is a um, Sonny has put an interview out to the Korean media in the mixed media bit. This after is Sonny, and he's so friggin' nice. I feel he... so bad that I didn't play well enough to help the boss, and I was yeah. like, oh Sonny. So basically, oh. Sonny's taking it on himself. Like Sonny's like, I got a golden boot last year. This year, I've not been very good, so it's my fault. And basically, he's should... taking the blame for Conte's yeah. Someone go and hug him. Like he arrives back. I just want someone to walk up and give him a hug and go. It's not your fault. Yeah, he go, was a go bit... talk to Kula Sexy. Trust me, it's not your yeah. fault. Yeah, Kula will tell you don't worry about it man you're fine yeah. I was off his rocker yeah now, do you like the club yes do you like the city yes fuck them it's fine exactly we're happy here yeah. um the maddest thing right in this is Conte's gone right now in life have you ever seen a situation where one of these top managers who have their coaching teams everything like that has been them. let go yeah and the rest of them have stayed. Now, this I don't understand. Now, you always had... Do you remember um, you had Big Sam? And he always had, like, Sammy Lee followed him everywhere. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And certain managers have... Yeah. Like, Pochettino and... Yeah, Jesus, he's you know, got his team, yeah. They are his people. And some managers, a lot of managers, have their coaching staff... And they're yeah. assistant manager, and they are like yeah. a package deal. You know, yeah. you hire and the that's manager, what Conte you get was, his yeah. assistant. And that's what Conte was. And yeah. Conte has apparently given his blessing for Christian Cellini to just stay with the rest of yeah. his coach. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Crack on. Go yeah. for it. Whatever. And I'm like, yeah. now, this is like one of two things has happened here. Okay. Either Conte genuinely has just gone. Yeah, do whatever. I'm not going to get another job till the summer. Keep yourself busy. Crack on. Yeah. You want to yeah, stay yeah. there, you stay there. And in the summer, when I go back to Inter Milan, I'll contact you all. You come with me. Done. Happy yeah, days. Yeah. Or he's now gone, nah, nah, nah. Do you know what? That team's really pissed me off. What I want you to do, you're going to stay <laughs> yeah. there and you yeah. are going to make sure they finish outside the European places. Like, I want you to make those players run three kilometers. They thought two kilometers was bad. Ten k yeah, every yeah. morning. Yeah. So, so here's here's my thing. Right? <laughs> I was expecting uh, we would, uh, you know, thank you to Antonio and his entire team, Stavini, his brother. Yeah, because his brother's gone. Yeah, the brother <laughs> Antonio's left. brother. Yeah, his brother's gone. But the rest of the coaches are playing. And I was expecting to hear uh, Michelle Warnes come in as a temporary goalkeeping coach. Ryan Mason will take temporary charge, and uh, you know we've promoted several other <laughs> coaches. Like Chris Powell for a coach. Yeah. You know, Chris Powell is going to come in as assistant, and uh, Yaya Chure is stepping up from the academy. Defoe is stepping up from the academy. They're going to part a coaching team, and we're going to have a bit of a kind of like a 
and Tottenham for the rest of the season will play four four fucking two, and we're just going to go. Harry for Redknapp it. came out in the press and said, oh, "If yeah. they let Ryan Mason do the last ten games, I will come and be his assistant to help yeah. him out." And mate, that was like my, my like, wet yeah, dream. I was I like, know, "Oh my I god, know. Harry's back!" Yeah, there, there were there were certain Croatian players and a certain Peter Crouch waiting by their phones. They had happened. bags packed. <laughs> yeah, they they were ready. But let's just remember that Harry read that piss Daniel Levy off to a frigging degree that I'm not even sure any other managers. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe Conte has. Conte, Conte read has that managed level. it. Yeah, the odds of Harry Redknapp being brought back by Levy were not good. That was not going to happen. It was funny to think about. Yeah. yeah, the fact that <laughs> final game of the season, <laughs> Defoe and Crouch starting with Kane on the bench. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that'd be about right. <laughs> um, yeah, Nico Crankjar, hey, terrific, terrific lad, terrific player. <laughs> um, he, the fact is, I was expecting that, and I was expecting them to then go balls to the wall to try and appoint someone. And um, I. Seeing Stellini's in charge, Mason is his assistant. I'm like, so we're just carrying on, like, like nothing's actually going to check. Like, you, you, and then bloody Paratici even come out and said it yesterday from his from his cell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, you know we felt that continuity was important. We've only ten games left. We thought, you know, we don't want to bring someone in and everything be upheaved. Whereas. You know, we can continue, and I'm, I'm looking like, at. It and I'm like, at that point, you're like, if you want to continue, why did you sack the manager? Well, I think I think the reality was they didn't sack him. I think it was a mutual agreement, a mutual agreement that came about from the fact that he didn't want to be here. Yeah, and he, he went didn't back to Italy anymore. and went fly back. No, I'm good. No, I'm I'm good. Have you uh, seen uh, how cheap just... Ryan Air is? One way higher flying back. Oh, you like? By the way, there's that video, right? So when he left after that, so we did that press conference. Yeah. The guy then hops on a Ryanair flight, and there's a, a fan, a Tottenham fan, has just been sat next to him. There's like a seat between them, and he's cleverly filmed, like, oh, it's Antonio Conte sat like a seat away from me. Yeah. Ever since I saw that, I thought to myself, one, I really hope that he filmed it and then posted it after getting off the plane. Because could you imagine if he filmed it, posted it, and then Conte's browsing social media, which he does... And yeah. realizes there's a video being secretly filmed, and the guy sat right there. Regardless <laughs> of how tough I think I am, Antonio Conte is not a guy I'm going to piss off when I've got to sit next to him for two hours on a friggin' flight. No, no, thank you. The guy's got the look of a serial killer. Mate, in his you'd be sat there making comments, going, "Oh, I don't think this cabin crew are oh, very selfish. Aren't they don't seem to be working as a team very well, do they?" Oh, mate, I. Oh. I so here's, so here's the question I was going to ask you, right? You're that guy, right? Yep. Actually, I can do one better. You actually worked as cabin crew. I did. And I was so let's say you are a cabin crew on a flight, right? Yep. You're a cabin crew on a flight. Antonio Conte has done that press conference, and then you look down, and he is sat there on your flight. Yeah. Could you, as a Spurs fan, and be honest here, because I know a lot of people go, oh, I freaking say this to him, and then the person walks up, and they're like, hello, mate, I love you. <laughs> Could you have kept your gob shut, or would you have had to have said something to him? Oh, uh, now there's two, there. I I would have had to have kept my gob shut purely because yeah. I know I would have lost my job. 
Um, I was lucky enough to meet Ledley King whilst I was working at London City Airport. And again, he was with his family and stuff, and I was in my uniform, so I had to be very professional and just direct him down to where something was in the airport. And as he walked away, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I I was in my head screaming, I love you, you're one of my favourite players ever. But out loud, I was like, yes, of course, if you go... Just down yeah, there, to the right, past gate seven. It's just there for you. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful day, sir. Oh, you fucking legend. Oh. Yeah. You know, um, I've had Van Persie on a flight with me. Uh, I've had a few other players as, as well. Um, and you do. You have to stay professional and you have to kind of, no matter what you're saying inside your head, you're not allowed yeah. to say it out loud. If after yeah. that interview had been had happened... Yeah. Conte then boarded a flight and I'm stood there at the door welcoming people on. Yeah. There may well have been a... Hello, mate. Cool. <laughs> Quick getaway, is it? Ooh, okay. Have a yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah. Are you checking in any luggage, sir? Perhaps a P45? Yeah. No. Uh, just, hand, um, just hand luggage, really? Have you not brought the stuff rest of it from Italy? Yeah. Well, you can live in a hotel. Anyway, <laughs> right. So... Yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, actually working, you've probably been able. If I was, if I was that guy who was filming that thing, I don't think I'd have been able to keep my gob shut. Not for I, two I, I hours. Think, there would have been something no, said, like, wouldn't there? It would have just been like, oh, Antonio, nice to meet you. I'm a Tottenham fan, and he'd have been like, oh, great, and then probably would have moved seat. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to change like, seats now, please. <laughs> I would very much like to upgrade myself to first class right now. Yeah. Um, and then I would have got my black card out and go, no escaping me, you prick. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, should have gone private. You've got two hours of listening to me rip you a new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or would you have done yeah. it in the flight for two hours or would you have waited to, as you're getting off the plane, just walking behind him down the steps going, oh, by the way, you're the fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the by the way, I've been trying to work out all season what the problem was, and hey, it's you. You're the problem. It's you. Um. So, uh, dude, did oh, you just man. try and quote Taylor Swift in a Spurs news podcast? I did quote Taylor Swift. Oh wow! This podcast, I love Taylor Swift. This podcast is going the same way as Spurs this season. Wow. Hey, look, look. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. It's a pure love, and she's never wrong. Years ago, I had two rules in life. Mint sauce goes with everything and Britney Spears is never wrong. She shaved her head and I had to rethink my two rules in life. So now, <laughs> I stick with mint sauce goes with everything it and I Taylor Swift is never wrong. Not fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's great. Fair Moving enough. on. <laughs> yeah. If anyone if anyone has a different opinion on that and they want to email in to tell me that Taylor Swift's not great, etc., stick it up your ass. I've got that microphone. Actually, I don't at the moment. I'm on a phone. But you You're on a phone. I have a microphone. Um, so the, the next question is obviously who next. Um, and we're going to try and do this quickly because there's names everywhere. Um, there's the, the name that we got linked with pretty quickly was Nagelsmann. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's the Pochettino links, but people seem to be really dang playing that, which is breaking my heart, but they are. That is, um, the, that is the one person. Like, that's it. I, I, I'm i in full Spurs rant mode. I have cancelled the rest of my plans for this afternoon. I am now in full yeah. Spurs rant mode. Oh, bring it. Pochettino is the one person who I genuinely believe if we can sign a manager to bring the fan base 
back on board with what is going on at this club. He is the only person that can do it. Like, I've even seen people on social media that were so, oh, I'm so glad Pochettino's gone. He lost the squad. He did this. He did that. Even they are the people that are turning around on social media now going, I miss that football. Like, let's just bring him back just to rebuild the fan base again. You know, like, he's the one manager that could potentially get players like Kane to go, all right, do you know what? Let's give it a chance. Like, we've brought in the world-class managers. It hasn't worked. He's got, what, 12 months left in his contract this summer? Uh, Kane, yeah. You know, and if there is any, any hope of him signing a last contract that will see him through his career sort of thing as a Spurs player... I don't see any other manager apart from Pochettino being the manager to do it. Unless we go absolutely right wing and bring in like Carlo Ancelotti. Well, I, I mean, don't managed, see, you know. Managed Everton. Well, um, yeah. He did well with Richarlison. Um, no, I, I, I mean, the Kane thing is a whole other subject. I mean, it, it breaks my heart, but I, I think that's done. I think Kane to Man United is the most obvious transfer in the history of the world. Um, and can you imagine Man United, Kane, Rashford and Sancho as the front three for England and Man United? It works yeah, well I mean, for the country's prospects, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, they've got new owners coming in. Um, they'll want to make a statement. There's going to be that one big signing, isn't there? Like everyone that comes in. Yeah. Do you remember when Man City first got brought out? It was uh, Robinho. Yeah. yeah, we've got Robinho. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, um, yeah mate, it's, it's obvious. It's the most obvious transfer in history. Um, Harry Kane loved Teddy Sheringham. Sheringham left Tottenham, went and won another stuff, then come back. Kane allowed him in his head he'll go sign a four, four-year, five-year deal and do the same if he wants to keep playing at that point. Um, he's, he's fit, he's hungry, um, he's, he wants to win stuff. Man United's going only one way, we're, we're dropping off. They've got the money, they've got the money to pay him, they've yeah. got the money to buy in, and we won't allow him to go for free the following season because it's that's not the way we work. It's going to be heartbreaking, isn't it? it really we is. signed Richarlison, who can play as that striker. And um, when he's playing so, for Brazil, he plays as a striker very, very well. When he plays with Tottenham yeah. out on one of the wide positions, we yeah, have currently uh, seen zero goals well, in the Premier League. You know, well, a... yeah, yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if he gets any games in his last 10 because... Um, that's injury, unfortunately. But you got to remember, like Sonny struggled under Conte in those positions this season yeah. um, because of the sheer amount of work he's expected them to do running backwards. Yeah. Now, if we do get a system tweak or a kind of a, you know, what is this is what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so that's 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 part of that. But manager wise. Uh, for me, um, yeah, there's only one thing that can unite the fan base back to the club, and that's Pochettino. Um, yes, there will still be people who question that, and yes, it does feel like a massive admission of you got it so badly wrong. But I, here's the thing. I don't mind admitting I'm wrong when I make mistakes. What I bugbear is repeating the same shit over and over again. So you appointed Jose, and then you looked at him and went, that's a mistake. You then appointed Nuno and Conte, 
So even though back on whatever it was of May 2021, you said, okay, going down this road was a mistake, you've then repeated it twice more. Yeah. If you then try and repeat this a third time, I mean, I, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're thinking is. Um, whether Portuguese would want to come back is, I think, a different question that not enough people are asking. He clearly still loves the club. He, in his mind and Mad vocally, Mad yeah, yeah, he is. But he, he fell in love with us. He fell in love with the club. I mean, the club mental. I mean, me and you have discussed it. How in the hell do we love this club that treats us like shit? I don't know, but we do. And it is the most toxic relationship I'll ever be in in my entire life. And trust me, I've dated some toxic ass people. Yeah, no, I but, have but, a three-year, a three-month-old daughter, yeah. and I have already gone out, and she has a Spurs kit in every yeah. size from three to six, six to nine, nine to twelve, <clears throat> twelve yeah, to yeah. eighteen. Like I have got yeah. her football Spurs kits ranging yeah. in the sizes. So you know she's screwed until she's at least eighteen months old because I've got oh, kids mate, up yeah, until that right. age. But, but this this is this is how you see this is how we as Tottenham grow our fan base. We breed because no one's joining our fan base. Due to, I mean, you know, I, I did apologize. I put her in the uh, the baby grow of Spurs, and as I was doing the buttons up, I did apologize. Um, yeah, I mean, for the rest of her life, you will be miserable yeah, due to yeah. this one choice I have made for you. On your behalf, yeah. But don't yeah. you look really cute in the old purple retro baby suit? You know? Exactly. And that's the thing. It's about what we want, not what they want. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, manager-wise, uh, I think Nagelsmann would be interesting. Um, and see, me and you talked about this. And how do I convey this to to everybody? There are a lot of names on there. The list that we're linked to, and we're being yeah. linked to more and more. There's a manager at Celtic, uh, the Brighton manager, um, the manager, or you know, there's lots of names on it. And I look at it, and I like none of this excites me. Like no. none of it. No, no, no. coming back. There's a certain connection with that guy and the work that happened, which makes me feel like that would feel good. I would feel good about that. Nagelsmann, again, I don't feel excited by that. And a lot of people might go, wow, that's surprising because he is a young, dynamic coach like Pochino, but does have a little bit of name value as well and, and all these different things. But And what's crazy with that is, before he took the Bayern job, yeah. we were in talks with him and both of us were like, my God, yeah. if we can get this guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that I'd was, been what, over 18 months ago? No, yeah, I'd, I'd have been over the moon. Yeah. I think I worked out yesterday what is making me feel that way. I, I think because I was looking at it because me and you had a little conversation. It was, I think it was the Brighton manager. And yes. I was just like, oh, you know, what's he done? You know, he's at Brighton for God's sake. You know, there's no excitement there. And you, and you said to me, well, Pochettino was at Southampton. Yeah, he did a year um, at Southampton. And I was absolutely gutted that instead of us signing yeah. a big name manager, we'd yeah, gone yeah. from he this went, Argentine yeah. bloke I'd never heard of at Southampton. Yeah, yeah who'd come in and, yeah, all right, he's done a little bit of a good job there, whatever. Mid-table, look <clears> at <throat> them. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. All, all of that, all of that was valid. All of that was kind of like... Now, the thing I'd say, you that that little exchange me and you had made me think about it. I was like, yeah, you're right, actually, because I remember the Pochino thing, me being really against it, 
And then I read this blog piece that someone wrote where they really went in onto what he does and what he does well. And I read it and I was like, wow, I'm converted. Okay, <laughs> you've got me. And then from that moment on, and then I saw the work he was doing with the team. And I was like, yeah, we are going somewhere with this. And, you know, year on year, I was blown away. But anyway, yeah. so I was kind of like, yeah, you're right. So why, why am I going into this so negative? And what I worked out is, is because of the club, it's because I have got zero faith in them appointing anyone or doing anything now which actually is going to help us. Because you look at that manager hunt when we ended up with Nuno, it was a freaking shambles. It was awful. It was embarrassing. Yeah. So here we are again. In my lifetime supporting Spurs, it has been Alan Sugar and Daniel Levy as wow. the people who have run the football club. Yeah. And that is painful. It is, you know, sugar was on his own. That's, that's parking. But Daniel Levy's gone through, I think someone said like 14 managers or something like that. Um, so in 21 seasons, Pochettino was in charge for four and a half, five. Five, yeah, yeah. Harry Redknapp made it to one and a half, made it to two. Harry Maybe Redknapp must two, have I think been, it was two. He took over with us, like, he, yeah, he took over then, us, and then he had a he had a good season and another season, and then he, was he must gone. have maybe yeah two seasons. Yeah, so two two and a bit, right? So if you work at the fact that between those two, that's eight seasons, you suddenly realise that wow. basically, other than those two, he fires a manager a season. Gee, yeah, <laughs> which is like well, we even, have yeah, not AVB we have not months. finished. Sure we have not yeah. finished the season with the same manager we started with since 2018. Jeez. So Pochettino got yeah. fired and Jose came in. Then Jose started it, and by the end of the season, it was Mason. Ryan Mason. Nuno started it, by the end of the season, it was Conte. Conte started it, at the end of the season, it's Stellini. There is, in that period of time... I'd say half the squad has not changed, but the other half has. And do you think from Pochettino to Jose to Nuno, I still can't believe I've got to include that in here, <laughs> to Conte, now to Stellini, yeah. there is one continuity of footballing style there. Because I'm going to answer this. No, there fucking isn't. Um, Even no. Jose and Conte are different in their stylings. Apparently, I mean, I know people it's go both oh, defensive football, but it's but Jose it's was counter attack, get it to the front three and go. Yeah. Conte's not even counter, get it to the front three this season. It's, it's just been... get it to the get it to the wide. Get his system yeah. when it works is great. Get it, get it to the wing backs. Wing backs create all. They score all. We're, we're awesome. Now. You look at that and you go, how in the flocking hell can you build a squad when every season you are changing your whole philosophy? And how in the hell can you judge someone in a, in, in a season or yeah. in a season and a half when they are inheriting a hodgepodge of Pochettino's vision, Jose Mourinho's vision? Because 
Pochettino, going into that season he got sacked, was given on Dombele, Pachelso, Sessignon. He spent over a hundred million on those three because Pochettino felt these were the players he could work with and get the best out of. Yeah. Before he even had chance, he was gone. Jeez. And yeah. then and you've you got Jose. The players that have been brought in. So you've going to have had different players yeah. brought in by Poch, different players by yeah. Jose, different players by Nuno, different players by Conte. Yeah. All so I, play I just, different styles. Mate, I, want, I want to highlight something which is going to make you really cringe. Right, you ready? Oh, God. So that was 2019, Pochettino was fired, yeah? Yep. On Dombele and Lachalso. Now, let's say oh, we rehire oh, him. Oh, oh, oh. Right? In yeah. 2023, for the 2023-2024 season, yep. Undombele and Lachelso, who everybody can say, hand on heart, no matter how much you might like them individually, have been flopped at our football club, yep. are still registered players of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And that means they would have gone through Jose Mourinho, who didn't want them, Nuno, who didn't want them, Conte, who didn't want them, and then back to Pochettino, who originally signed them. Which potentially, they could potentially have a fantastic eighteen months and get a new contract. And then... Yeah, yeah, which is mental. <laughs> when you think, just let oh, that wow. wrap through your head. Like so, at midfield most... trio, for example, if we were to say he was to play that four-three-three <laughs> that he played, yeah, you could have sat there. Uh, let's just say Bentoncourt. Or yeah. Harry Winks. Yeah. Or, yeah, well, Winks, yeah. Winks, Winks is of course, still, is still, or Skippy, is still at the club. <clears throat> could yeah. be sat there as the one behind. Yeah. And then in front of him, it could be Ndombele and Lo Celso. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, I'm just what? like... I think I've gone to hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it is, wow. It is, you talk about how the club has fail to operate as a top club and a big club and in that, in that way where I operate that I mean it is football focused it is not financial focused it is football focused, success focused yeah. yes we've got these players out on loan, yes they're not around the place dragging the atmosphere down or whatever whatever, whatever. but this summer all of these they're coming home to roost <laughs> all of these issues that we've gone right kick that into long grass and now here we are again. You've got a whole new manager again who's going to come in and have to make an assessment on the squad. He's going to have to come in and go, right, who's on my books? Who wants to be here? Who doesn't want to be here? Okay, Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world. He's got 12 months left on his deal. My first priority has to be to meet with him and say, hey, I'm here now. Please, please let us extend your deal. <laughs> you know, please. Please. Oh, because if you go... About half the squad's going to go, oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, that's just, that's... It is a nightmare. Now, I'm just Julian thinking Nagelman... to myself how many people are actually out on loan at the moment with the likes of Reglion. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. I, who I still think, as a manager who's playing a four at the back, he comes back and could potentially be our number one left back. So, so here you go. Here's something fun for you, right? Yeah. We signed two very talented, young, raw, but very, very talented wingbacks. 
Destiny Unhung and Jed Spence. And we may now not have a manager that plays wingbacks. <laughs> yeah. Now, they are both out on loan. Now, Jed Spence is proving to be what a lot of young players are, and that's inconsistent. Yeah. So he made his debut on loan for Rend and was phenomenal. And everyone went, see, Antonio, what the hell have you been doing? He then played the next three games and got slammed for being lack of concentration. Yeah. He then, no bullshit, so I watched it, pocketed Mbappe for an entire game. That was insane. I've seen loads I, of clips I'm of that like, game. And it genuinely, genuinely kept him silent. He kept up with him, paced him. Like every time Mbappe tried his whole, I'm going to outburn you, Jeb was like, no, you're not. And like, I watched it, like, mouth open, going, okay, that level of raw talent needs coaching. Please give Pochettino that kid. Like, He'll be the best attacking right back in the history of English football if Pochettino gets hold of him. Yeah. Please, Lord, let that happen. It and is one of those players this... where watching him in France, it's almost like they're, they're saying the whole inconsistency thing. It's almost like he's looked at who he's up against and gone, who the hell are you? Eh, all right then, yeah. and then he got put up against Mbappe and went, "Oh, I know who you are. I'm going to yeah, prove yeah. I'm just as bloody good as you are." Yeah. You, you can, you can coach that. You can get that yeah. player focused. You can grab him and go right every game. That's your level, because yeah. if you play at that level, you will not just be the best right back in this country. You'll be the best one in the world, and you'll be playing for your country. You know, you will literally achieve every. Because yeah. you pocket a player of that level <laughs> at club level, you then go to international level and do it. Trust me, mate, you're the sky's the limit. Yeah. Um Joe Rudolph's gonna come back. Mate, this is the mental this is this is insane. Yeah. You look at our defending this season and you look at him and go, surely it couldn't have been, you know, worse with road you know, you just look at it and go, This is ridiculous. Davinson Sanchez was signed by Pochettino from Ajax when he was trying to make us adaptable with playing a back four or, or with wing backs. Yeah. So he would play in between all the girls and he would play in between with Gortongan and he would be in there and yeah. with his pace, because those two were getting on, it really worked. Because those two were so freaking good, they kind of brought him up. They were literally talking him through the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and do you know what? That's okay. There yeah. are some times you need that. I remember watching Ledley King and Michael Dawson. King carried him a little bit. Dawes, I love Dawes, but Dawes is a very basic English defender. I'm good in the air, and I will put my boot through this ball into Rosa. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's not me being horrible because I think some of the best defenders that I've ever loved are like that. And Dawson's one of them. Dawson's one of my favourite ever defenders. And then, yeah. and then you had the Rolls Royce next to you, that Ledley King, you know, only on one knee. And you'd see him in games just do stuff. And you'd be like, yeah, you are a God's gift of defending. You are ridiculous. Yes. And as a partnership, that worked. You ever saw Dawson with anyone else? It was like, Dawson's having a crap game. What the hell was going on? We're freaking out. What's going on with Dawson? <laughs> He's yeah. all over the place. It's because he didn't have that 
the voice in his ear yeah. telling him, you know, yeah, the, step the up, voice drop back, go out, come back. Yeah, yeah. and, and you've got to remember, like, that doesn't happen overnight. You've got to learn that. You've got to become experienced, learn, and just have that reading of the game some people have. Yeah. And Bertongan and Alderweireld had that, and they had that understanding, and Sanchez's level was raised because of it. You ever watch a game where Dyer is alongside Sanchez in a back four, and you just cry? Yeah. You know, you know, Sanchez has been happen. running out to the wing. Why? Uh, yeah. Fry. Yeah. Well, well, Dyer, Dyer was trying to hit some diagonal pass, and Sanchez thought, "I'll try and get on the end of it." I like, see what, what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm there, Gov. Like, and you see. <laughs> You just—it's a nightmare. It's like a nightmare yeah. waiting to happen. But no, but, like, this is the point. The next, so going back to what you said, about the next manager. Yeah. Say yeah. we bring in a Nagelsmann, or we've been linked to the manager of—is it Frankfurt or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who have just last season won the Europa League? Yeah. And we've been linked with the manager from them, and to—he's up there on my list. To be fair to him, he's up there on my list, but. All of them have this completely different style. Yep. So it's going to be another season, another new manager, another style yep. to learn in pre-season. Yeah, and another squad shift. Another squad shift. So and more players coming in, and we still can't sell Undombele and Lacelso, yeah. so they get another loan out to someone. Yeah. And it's just, oh, we're coming back to the business of running a business. Yeah. How is it? How has Levy not been sacked for incompetence? Well, this this is my point, and this brings this podcast full circle and possibly to an end here. <laughs> we're we're getting reality, close to the two-hour mark. <laughs> the reality is, my point. I have gone on and on and on about how you can argue the football side, but the business has been great. The business has been great. There is no other business around where someone could consistently fail, as Daniel Levy has, with his appointments and keep his job. No. Now, you, you can argue loads of it, like, I'm doing my job well, I empower these people, and they make mistakes, so I do my job well by replacing them. But at some point, the person above has to go, it's you making this decision. It's you bringing these people in, you firing them, we are not progressing. Like the football side is not progressing. Now, again, I noticed that debate when Daniel Levy took over, we were fighting relegation. Now we're fighting for the top four more often than not. Yeah. Yes, that is a progression in terms of that, but the club now needs to move on from that and we're stuck. It's uh, like a glass ceiling. I was about to say, Gino, the glass ceiling of everyone's talking about, well, you know, we need to get fourth place. Fourth place is the yeah. aim. No. Yeah. No, first no. place is the aim. Yeah. Fourth place is the drop down to, okay, we didn't so, win the title, but at least we got to it's, four. It's the bare minimum. If, if, if you are aspiring to be a, a big club, you're aspiring to be a successful club, you are aiming to win, and the bare minimum is top four. Yeah. In the league, in the league. And you should be, in addition to that, trying to lift one of the trophies that you're in. Yep. That should be your aim every single season. It's like, okay, we want to win the league. Minimum, we stay within the top four. So we're challenging. Yeah. And in the cup competitions, we are aiming to win one of them. Now, English football is ridiculously tough, which basically means that you could finish second in the league, 
runner-up in the cup competition, <coughs> both of them. Uh, you know, do well in Europe as well. So end the season trophyless, but look at it and go, bloody hell, that was such a good season. How unlucky are we? Yeah. Under under Pochettino, remember, we did that. Yeah. We finished fourth and lost in the League Cup. We finished, you know, we got to cup semi-finals. We lost in the Champions League final. We got to the Champions League final. Now, from Tottenham Hotspur Football Club to be in a Champions League final alone was massive. We were the second best team in Europe. You know, the second best team in Europe. I know it's not a trophy and everyone's going to go, but we were there. We actually did. That was an achievement. That was another building block. And when that all fell and everyone was like so disappointed and heartbroken and we needed to pick ourselves back up again as a club, instead of going, okay, this season might not be as good, but we are going to pick ourselves back up again. We sacked him and went to Jose. Like, oh, we were so close. Clearly, Pochettino is not the man to do it. Jose would do it. And then sacked him a week before final. You know, and here we are again. Yeah. So whoever it is that comes in, unfortunately for me, I don't feel the excitement. And the reason I don't feel the excitement is purely and simply because this club doesn't change. Yeah. No, you're Um, right. Yeah. If Pochettino returns, I will feel there's an excitement because I know what he did before and I also know he knows the club. He's going to be coming in with his eyes wide open, knowing the place, knowing the squad, ridiculously knowing the squad, but also knowing how Daniel Levy works, how the club operates behind the scenes, how the medical team works. Because it it is weird to me that Jose uh, and then Conte... Even Nuno have had massive digs about our medical department. Yeah, you and say how our medical department works. I'm not entirely certain they do. Now, we as our we as fans have been kind of like, look, if a guy's injured, he's injured. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, we do get these situations where it's like, Lucas Moore has been the latest one. The guy's just had this weird undisclosed injury basically all season. And they've just kind of like, yeah, he's injured. Yeah, he played like, like the under-23s a couple of times and then disappeared yeah. again. It was like, yeah. oh, okay. Is he, yeah. is and he it's not like, fit okay. again then? Is he injured? What, what's happened? Why? Yeah, and, and yeah, and I'm sure there is. And perhaps it's a communication thing. Perhaps it's just, you know, he's injured. What more do you need to know? But it just seems weird that on a regular basis with Tottenham, we get like, oh, it's a hamstring injury, but it's not too bad. And then we as fans go, oh, no, he's dead. Oh, no, clearly he's died. Yeah. If he said it's not too bad, he'll be back soon. That's code for Tottenham for he's never going to walk again. Yeah. And, was it Eric Lamella? Like, that guy was yeah. on and, and off. Thing, and he was the always... next thing you knew, he was, having, he was having a frigging double hip operation. And we're all like, what? He, he had a calf strain. Why, what's happened to his hips? What have yeah. you done? Yeah. Yeah. What, what has gone on behind the scenes at Tottenham to degenerate this poor young man's back? Um, yeah. But anyway. So... I think me and you could record this for another hour. I mean, I'm, I'm, we, we good. I'm going now. <laughs> yeah, this no, is no, we've we got to stop. You, you, you forget how hard this is going to be for you to edit because it ain't me. Oh, no. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. So um, I just want to stop here and say, look, thank you so much for listening. Um, me and Stefan have got a lot of stuff off our chests. <laughs> there is... Yeah. More in the tank, probably, but we've got a lot of stuff aired. 
Um, get in touch with us. Uh, you can do it via any of the social media for Spurs News, or you can email into me. Uh, and if you send it to me, me and Stefan are both read it. It's sam at spursnews.co.uk. Um, send in your thoughts on what we've said, um, and I'll, I'll happily go backwards and forwards because I quite enjoy discussion with like-minded people and uh, different points. And if there's, I did see a few people when we announced that we were going to do this one-off show, sending questions. Apologies, this wasn't a show for that. Uh, when we're back doing weekly, you know, you know, all the gods willing, I'm able at some point. Then obviously every week we'll be having comments and questions again. But yes. this show was just about us clearing the air on the topics on our thoughts and because my um, god, our WhatsApp conversations have been non-stop for the last. They month. have, they have, <laughs> and increasingly toxic as well when it comes to the club. Uh, and obviously, with the news today that Paratici is now banned as well, uh, and it's... and and the and then the fact that Sky Sports are saying, yeah, but you know, you can still attend meetings and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what? We must be the only club to have someone who has been criminally charged and gone, nah, keep him. Nah, he's he's all right. And yeah, uh, of course, we're, we're we're the only club who currently have someone cri- under criminal investigation. For footballing matters, anyway, when it comes to rape, you can go and win the league. Apparently, there we go. That's all I got to say about that. So, massive thank you to everyone who's listened. I want to say a massive apology again for the fact that the show has been paused. Um, I am going to do everything I can to come back because I do miss it. I miss talking to everybody. I miss talking Tottenham because it's therapeutic for me. Um, but mate, I'll hand back over to you now. But just from me, big thank you, everybody, and hopefully, I will speak to you all again very soon. And if you are listening to this, and we have just about hit like the one hour 55 minutes sort of mark, that means I was actually able to edit it really well. So, you know, if you're listening to this part and this podcast is only 25 minutes long, I screwed up. <laughs> it's basically how this works, I'm gonna be honest. Yep. Um, yeah, I think yeah we've we've covered everything. I'll just uh, I, I normally end the podcast with like come on you Spurs, but it's more kind of get your act together Spurs. Yeah. Than anything else, but um, yeah, Sam, it has been wonderful talking to you again. Yep. Um, let's do this again soon. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Boil. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.